Christina, and thank you for checking into the Home for Wayward OCs. This is a podcast where a friend and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. Today, our guest is Audrey. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well, Christina. Thanks for having me. Hey, you're welcome. Always glad to have a friend of a friend who is now just one just one degree of friend on the show. <laughs> you know, always like that six degrees of second uh, of separation or six degrees yeah. of Kevin Bacon or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I love the show, so I've been listening so far, and there have been some stellar characters, I gotta say. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> Do you have any favorites out of curiosity? Your very first one that you talked about, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. That was like, that was what sold me on the show to like keep listening. (laughs) I was like, oh my God, I have to listen to this show. This was a great idea. I was like mad at myself (laughs) for not thinking of it first. (laughs) It's okay. Now you are on the show. Which is perfect. So who are we going to be talking about today? Okay, so I'm going to be talking about my Naruto OC, one of them, but she was the original. Ooh, um, one of them. Yeah, um, I don't, you don't want to know about the other ones, really. And I, you know what, I actually have to ask myself if I know her name. I think it's Ray. I, I named her Ray. Um, okay, R- so, like R-E-I or yes, R-E-Y? that's her, or... R-E-I. Okay. So um, I never watched... I never watched Sailor Moon, so th- that was like my, hey, I know nothing about Japan, and here's this generic Japanese name that I can assign to a character that's basically what I wish I was if I were in Naruto. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, she was, she was one of my first babies. Um, I Aww. got into Naruto, like, the same time that I was really into Harry Potter and uh, Lord of the Rings, I never what a combination it's really (laughs) like people are always like you know what's your first anime what got you into anime and I'm like "Mm, I mean Naruto definitely my grandma had cable and we didn't and I went over to her house to watch Naruto religiously so yeah yeah, she was she was my favorite I never growing up I never had cable and so I don't really think I have like a first anime that I watched if unless you can count Pokemon the TV show. I would count that. Okay. Then there we go. That. There you go. Yeah. Yes, my other I, one I read, was... I read Naruto a lot. <laughs> See, I owned one volume of the manga because, uh, poser that I am, um, I watched a bunch of the show and then after, like, my favorite episode, I was like, what volume of the manga did this come from? I'm going to just go buy that volume. Just that one. <laughs> None of the rest of them. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so that's the only one I ever had on the the shelf. And it was uh, when they were chasing Orochimaru, who had taken Sasuke, and uh, Shikamaru did his whole shadow thing, like breaking his own pinky and all that shit, so. Ah, yes, my Naruto husband. Yes, he's my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, every, like, I I, I was interested in Naruto when I was in middle school, and everyone was like, no, like, Gara's the best. He has oh such a gosh. tragic backstory. <laughs> He's got the kanji for heart on his forehead and he did it himself. I'm like, no, no, Shikamaru, he is stable. He is snarky. <laughs> and yeah, he smokes, which is a major downside, at least for me. But oh, you know, like huge downside for me stable. too. But in middle school, that's like the stand in for cool, you know? Yes. So yeah, but, but he yes. was funny, which was the point. He's funny, he's nice, he cares about people. And he's smart. Yes. A genius. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most relatable character. Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, so I was into Naruto late middle school into high school because I specifically remember drawing Rey in middle school but she really became the character that I, like, put all this thought and time into when when I got a job at Staples. I worked in the copy center, which was the only station that had a computer. And you couldn't get on the internet or do anything fun whatsoever. But we did have Microsoft Word. So, like, okay. on days where it was really slow, I would open up Microsoft Word and I would be like, I'm just going to type stories about this Naruto character. And my <laughs> first fan fiction website was Quizilla. 
So it was oh like... Oh my God, Quizilla! <laughs> yeah. So it was like, I would read the quizzes that were like, which Naruto guy do you end up with? And I had yes. decided that I was going to write one of those. So like... At work, just typing up these stories and then had no way to save them and no way to email them to myself, like that my boss wouldn't know. And so I just was like printing on whatever leftover paper we had. And then I'd fold them up and stick them in my pants pockets and take them home with me so that I could transpose them onto Quizilla. Oh, my God. That is fantastic. It was um, it was a weird, weird time in my life. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. And she was fun. But I literally like I made... So Ray is meant to pair up with Naruto um, okay. because he was my second favorite. And Still a pretty solid choice. Right, right. Um, Didn't kill his family. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I had, but I had like one girl for each of like the main like eight or 12 dudes. I don't even remember how many there are now that like before the tuning trials the dudes okay. that you meet before the tuning trials, I had a, a person, like, to pair up with each of them. So it was, like, I just remember, like, my least favorite to write was always uh, Kankuro's partner because I was just, like, he's a fucking weirdo and he's in face paint and he plays with puppets as a grown-ass man and I don't know what yeah. woman would like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> I'm trying to read my notes that I have on this terrible, terrible little note sheet. Let's see. She was put on team seven, which is Naruto and Sasuke and Sakura's team, um, mm -hmm. which is like the only thing I remember about that show at this point in my life because I haven't seen it in so long. Um, oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. I'm reading this and I'm like, I'm like cringing inwardly at my <laughs> middle school self. Um, because it says goal to never see someone dear to you die. You train extra hard so you can protect everyone. <laughs> oh my God. That uh, is, that is like, that is like straight off of like Quizilla. Yeah. And I gave her this tragic backstory where her father was like abusive and she wanted to eventually kill him with like the belt that she, he had beat her with. And I was like, whoa i was an edgy middle schooler apparently i grew up in a very loving nuclear home there was not abuse there was it was not something i had been exposed to oh, so i feel God. like that was just my way of being like i need some drama in my life horrifyingly mm -hmm. so oh yeah uh, when when you come from a family situation that is not necessarily that it that is that is not necessarily dysfunctional when you have to create character drama, you reach real far. Oh, yeah. It's like a there's no there's no filter. Like the gauge is everything or nothing because you have no context for what scale uh, um, trauma is processed on or like what scale bad life events happen on. So it's it's like you don't know what the context for like a tragic backstory is. So you just put everything in it completely. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you had to compete with some stuff with Naruto because there's a lot of characters with some tragic backstories on that show. So I definitely yes. went for a more mundane sort of tragic backstory in that regard. Mm -hmm. You didn't go for like, oh, hey, like my, God, I don't even remember enough of Naruto to like pull a tragic backstory besides Sasuke's. I mean, Sasuke's whole, whole killed my whole family thing is pretty bad. I mean, Gara's is basically an abusive father situation. Well, um, yes. Like raised to be a weapon or whatever. But I just, I mean, Hinata's whole thing, like, she got kidnapped when she was a baby and then spent the rest of her life basically being under lock and key and being bullied for her eyes and, like, all this. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they go hard over there at Naruto. They, you know, they do. It's the classic shonen, so it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. You got to give your characters something to go off of. Yes, and sometimes that something is everything. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking, like, I this picture I drew, now as an adult, I'm like, wow, I ripped that off of Avatar. Like, it's Katara's necklace from her dead mom, is what it is, that she's wearing, for sure. But it's- Oh yeah, definitely. It's on my character here, it's just like, nope, it's just necklace from her mom, and it just so happens to look like the Water Tribe symbol. Hey, so, you know what? 
Uh, it's not a plagiarism unless you're trying to make a profit off and pass it off as entirely your own. That's true. That's true. And I mean, I, mean- I never <laughs> pretended this was anything other than me with long hair down to my butt, which I always wanted and never could manage to get. Um, mm-hmm. And ninja and wind powers. So that's basically okay. what she is. Yeah. She has some stuff she stole from her dad, which he apparently is just like the big bad guy of her whole life is yeah. is her dad. So, um, but I remember like writing these stories and then trying to figure out how to format them. It was like I would write them backwards. So it would be like, this is who you got. And this is why, like, this is what you need to know about them. And this is what, the, you know, the pair up is. And then it was like you know follow my my profile for the next installment and like stories and it was just it was ridiculous because Mm -hmm. it was like so obviously pairing people up in the way that a lot of kids media does where it's like we're gonna dress them in the same color and we're gonna give them compatible interests and we're like none of the real people exactly exactly (laughs) it's just like writing uh writing chojis i just remember giving him a girl who was just like the nicest person in the world because I was like, wow, he's like a huge crybaby and he just needs someone to listen to him. And I was like, in retrospect, that's kind of mean. You know what I mean? I mean, I would argue that having someone who, yes, is more emotionally sensitive and then having them be with someone who is willing to listen and support them, that's that that's a good combination. I hope so. I hope so. I have never been able to find them again because, like, Quizilla has been revamped and, like, passed around so many times that i'm like i don't know what my username was i don't know what my Mm -hmm. login was i am never going to find this again yeah i honestly haven't been on quizilla i think probably in about 10 years at least if not longer (laughs) than that i still think about it sometimes when it's like oh buzzfeed is like new quizilla it really is when people are like Oh man, Live Journal was my first fan fiction experience. I'm like, no, mm-mm. let me let me tell you where all the cool kids went in middle school. It's Quizilla. I don't think I ever read fic on Quizilla. I was just on there for the quizzes. Yeah, you know every single quiz about like, what's your aura color? What color dragon <laughs> would you have? Oh yes, there are a bunch of generic ones. I got in really deep because, like, the Harry Potter and Naruto fan like fandoms on Quizilla would would disguise their fix as quizzes so that they would get more hits on them (laughs) so i was like modeling my naruto fiction off of the format that i had already seen which was like the first quiz is you would be paired with this guy which makes you this girl and this is everything you need to know about you and then it was like Mm -hmm. next installment is like how you react during this part of the manga like let me just rewrite the whole manga but you're in it Mm -hmm. so i did a lot of those (laughs) yeah nothing wrong with self-inserts it's literally in our tagline (laughs) it's true i mean most of my ocs were self-inserts like throughout my whole life because like my lord of the rings one was just a was i made myself gladriel's daughter and i was in love with legolas of course but then i also was like bros with aragorn and had been adventuring with him after i got exiled from lothlorien because i stole my mother's ring and saw the future Okay. So, you know, all my all my OCs were self-inserts and like that carried up right into me playing D&D because my first D&D character was definitely just me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. But I think that that's something that comes from not always having media where you feel like you're being represented and um and like Harry Potter was great because I always loved Hermione, but I also was like man they are really leaning hard into that know-it-all thing and it never really goes away and people never really like she doesn't change away from that and it bothered me because i was like that's definitely a thing that i had been called and like my hair is exactly like hers is (laughs) if you're not imagining her as a person of color which i do but like the whole bushy brown hair thing i'm like that's my life. Mm-hmm. I can't walk outside of my house without that, you know? So so yeah. definitely wanting to have positive representation and powerful representation that felt like it was me in the story so that I didn't have to pretend to be the boy mm-hmm. every single oh, time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think that's probably one of, the, one of, like, the big linchpins of 
fan fiction is like being able to is like the focus on like inclusivity being able to have yourself being able to have characters who are more like you in the fiction that you like and enjoy exactly like how many god knows how many like fix there are on like fanfiction.net or probably now on ao3 of like oh yeah like this is my these are all my ocs and yes like they all happen to carry different traits of myself because these are what i want to see in fiction exactly exactly and um i guess for me one of the things is part of the reason like my characters in D have gotten more dynamic but Partly, they always still have some of my traits, and I really use it as, like, a therapeutic thing, and that's how I used fan fiction, too, was mm-hmm. was being able to put myself up against metaphoric threats or metaphoric challenges that, in my real life, I was really struggling to deal with or I was maybe powerless to deal with, and then being able to, in fiction, make that actually happen and make the triumph over those things actually happen. And so, like, I do that in D&D still a lot more subtly than I did when I was in, you know, fifth grade and being like, oh man, this girl's dad is so mean to her. Like my dad got mad at me for quitting basketball, you know what I mean? And so it's like definitely projecting that onto my Naruto character with her whole bad father situation, but still it, mm-hmm. not comparable, you know, but like now it's one of those things where like I can give my D&D character maybe apprehension about, um, about like their purpose in life, or I can give them some anxiety because uh, my everyday my everyday anxiety you know hashtag relatable but but you know i can Mm -hmm. give them those things and then just make them live with it and still live real lives where they're doing things and being heroes and that kind of thing so so that's definitely what i've always gotten out of like creating my own characters and creating characters that are just pseudo self-inserts Yeah, I think you said that really well. Thank you. Speaking of questions, um, since we kind of got like how you created Ray and why you created Ray and like how, like what format she was in, would you mind giving us a recap of like what was her story? Okay, so from the beginning, her story is that her mom died at a young age and she lived with her dad, who was like an abusive alcoholic. Okay, so she ran away from home because I was a sucker for the orphan story (laughs) at that point in my life. Um, So she ran away from home and ended up getting put on Team 7 with Naruto and Sasuke and Sakura. And because I was doing this as a multi-part fic with all these other partners, all the teams just were one member bigger. Okay. So so that, like, every team just had four, and that was how it worked. And so... Mm -hmm. um, So ultimately, she was totally head over heels for Naruto and was like, his right hand person was always there, like very self-sacrificial, very like, I'm going to save my friends no matter the cost kind of person. Um, And I actually have notes, I think. So when, after the tuning exams and all that, that jazz, like, Naruto's still into Sakura, and Sasuke is still a butthead. Um, (laughs) um, Like, after all of that happened, and then everybody, like, went to rescue Sasuke, she also went with them to do that. And then that was about the point at which I stopped watching Naruto. So that was, like, as far as her story went. But I pretty much just followed it along with the manga arc for arc and just gave her heroic things to do in literally every arc so you're like oh i'm watching this thing where they're like i think i'm trying to remember the person's name haru or whatever in the early arc and i'm like oh yeah the ice needle kid yes i'm like so you remember how like naruto got his moment in that and triumphed ultimately and whatever like that happened but Mm -hmm. also ray was part of the reason it happened so like everything (laughs) was just like i'm trying to preserve the story as much as possible but she's Mm -hmm. there and it matters that she's there so that was kind of her whole dealio and i like i just abandoned the fic at that point um once it got to like the search for sasuke and everything because i kind of stopped watching the anime and i like i had gotten into high school and i was playing multiple sports and just didn't have the time anymore Mm -hmm. so um she didn't really ever get a resolution Aw. What would her resolution have been, in theory? In theory, I mean, at the How time... How many babies I, would she have with Naruto? Oh my gosh, right? <laughs> I was gonna say, at the time, that was definitely my focus, was, like, pair her up with him, so... Um, mm-hmm. She probably would have had 
kids with him, obviously, and ended up with him, and he would have became the Hokage, and she would have been a, a total, total amazing person, role model, and powerful mm-hmm. ninja, just like she was. Um, and, yeah. I mean, I was, I think that because of how true I tried to stay to the original content, I would try to do that anyway, like, with how they ended up in the show, um, which I read spoilers for, even though I don't really watch the show anymore and i definitely don't watch the offshoot about his son yeah it's called like sometimes you just need to get like closure about this thing it's like oh yeah like like i saw a lot of this actually a couple of days ago on twitter with like the finale of the adventure time series oh yeah like how everyone's like oh yeah like i haven't like i haven't watched adventure time in god knows how long but yeah i heard that that bubble that uh princess um that Princess Bubblegum and Marceline got together. So it's like, good for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, and I mean, I did that, like, it's not the first time I've done that with an anime because I also, like, w- one of my friends in high school got me into Inuyasha and then we stopped being friends and so I stopped watching it. But when the final season of that came out, it was on Hulu and I just binged it. I was like, I have to uh, know. I have to know what happens even though I'm mm-hmm. missing all this context from the in-between seasons. So, yeah. um you know, the closure is nice to have, especially for fictional characters you were really invested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my uh, one of my best friends in middle school was also very into Inuyasha, and then we both got into Naruto, and <laughs> then, yeah, I don't know what's up with her right now. It makes you wonder. You think about people, yeah. You watch, like, the shows that you watched when you were younger and who you watched them with and where they are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's such like a I'm trying to think. It's not like it's not like cathartic memory, but it's kind of like how like sense memories or something, right? Like or I guess like like scent. No, not sense. Scent memories. How like you smell something and then it's just like bam, you're like right back with the memory you most associate exactly. with that. It's like no, like watching the concept of like reading Naruto is like okay, I'm back in middle school. Every character I create has to have a ridiculously appropriative Japanese name. Exactly. All of the characters' names. I don't remember the other girls' names, but I remember being on, like, a baby name site and, like, sorting by origin to Japanese and then, like, looking at the meanings because they had to mean specific things, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was just ridiculous. (laughs) Baby names is every character creator's slash artist's be- slash writer's best friend. Totally. I still use it sometimes. <laughs> I have a whole like folder on my favorites bar that's like, okay, so this is what you need for writing. So it's like background sound and names and how to describe environments and like a random generator for other stuff. And it's just, oh, you got to have it. You got to have it. Mm-hmm. Plus, I'm always a sucker for like really obvious names. I know that people get... Like, they give give you a hard time about that, but I just always love that. I'm like, it's mm-hmm. fun, and, like, oh yeah, at the age I was reading stuff, like, it wasn't that much foreshadowing because I didn't have the presence of mind to be aware of it, and so finding out after the fact was just delightful, but I don't know. I just, uh, I was watching the new Matt Groening show the other day, Disenchantment, and there's an episode of that where one of the characters is like, you named your squirrel Bloaty before it drowned and got all bloated. And he's like, yeah, and you're a Viking and your name is Sven. So we're all a little obvious here. And I just <laughs> love that. Because <laughs> yeah. I think it's fun. There's something to be said for the expected. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. And plus, then you can like subvert the expect- the expectations if you want to. Exactly. Or you also can just be like, yeah, nope. This uh, This magic... Uh, this like this spellcaster that I made. Her name is Shelby Del Mar. Guess what her <laughs> elemental focus is. <laughs> you just gotta, you just gotta lean into it. Sometimes, you know, lean into the cheese. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the podcast, specifically about that topic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we delightful. lean into the cheese. We celebrate it. We put it on a platter with like some nice crackers, nice array of like grapes, that kind of a thing. I haven't had dinner yet, in case you can't tell. <laughs> be great. Me neither. Oh my gosh. So, I'm curious for you to tell me a little bit about some of the design elements that you have here for Ray. Oh boy. <laughs> I'm especially interested in the obvious belt pouch labeled secret pouch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, okay. So, that was me being... 
the amateur artist that I was. And I'm pretty sure that I copied her straight out of a how to draw anime book. So uh, I remember spending almost as long on her eyes as I did on the rest of the entire picture. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. But the secret pouch, I, my body, like her body type, I was just like, there's not enough breaking up the silhouette. I got to do something. And so it was like (laughs) the most obvious thing is to put a pouch there. But then also... It should be a secret pouch because she's a ninja, so secrets, you know? I'm like, I don't even know what she would keep in it. Like, her wallet? No. Snacks? (laughs) Probably. I have all those, like, notes down at the bottom, and I'm just like, I don't don't even know where to start with these notes. Do they correlate to the stuff I drew? Are they different notes? Mostly I think they're different notes. Yeah, it seems like it's a lot of, uh, seems like it's a lot of, um notes on like what plot you want to have and like personality right and also there's a whole there's a whole point for attitude which i appreciate very much (laughs) somehow for me that was different than the the bullet point that listed her traits um Mm -hmm. which i just like that i put kind and then in parentheses i defined that as not a killer (laughs) like (laughs) i mean that's true usually (laughs) In general, you would assume that, but I mean, it is a show where people are killed and die, so it made sense to specify that. Um, All of her little traits have like a parenthetical to them. Oh Mm -hmm. my gosh, but her attitude is, like, I defined how she felt specifically about other characters. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Which is really helpful. It is. It's nice. I have yeah. the the secret pouch thing. I didn't even think about that, but it's like my brain couldn't figure out how to make a hidden pouch visible to the viewer. So so I just drew a regular pouch. It's just a pouch. No worries. <laughs> yeah, the uh the figuring out how other how she reacts to other characters is actually something that I have for Lost Library. That's awesome. I love like, that. There's cuz there's 10 of us. That's 10 a lot of us of players. And so I have my list in my folder or whatever that's like, okay, like, how do I feel? Like, how does my character feel about these char- about these characters? And most of it's like, she doesn't know, th- well, some of them, it's like, she doesn't know them yet. That's true. And you also have to, like, take into consideration how she is towards, like, generic people. And so then if those characters have those traits, like, how does she react? Mm-hmm. I get yeah, that. Definitely. It's helpful. I started on my D&D sheets, I started doing, like, I would... Oh my gosh, this is a while ago, but I, I would draw like a heart up at the top and then I would draw like a broken heart and there would be enough space so that I could like write a list of things that they liked and then a list of things that they didn't like Aww. or were afraid of. And my friends were like, what is that? And I was like, well, here's what it is. It's just for me because it helps me play the character a little bit better. And then now it's something that our whole group does. <laughs> Aw, that is cute. And that's a good idea. Yeah. It's just a fun way to like give them real world like phobias or like favorite foods or like pet peeves or preferred weather temperatures you know things like that. oh yeah so yeah toilet paper over or under exactly <laughs> i appreciate on your design for ray that you have different notes how her design would change uh through the different i guess stages of naruto you've got notes in here about like oh like her entire arm would be bandaged in uh, Shippuden. Yes, yeah, because they specifically redesigned their characters after the Chunin exams, and then again when they were all Junin. So mm-hmm. I was like keeping in mind that if I wanted to follow that story and have her progress with the rest of the characters, she would also. Oh my god, sorry, my ring just hit the desk. Uh, she would also <laughs> have to have a character redesign like costume revamp and so i don't really know what my deal was with bandages like they're not covering anything that i can see on the notes just just lots of bandages about like a cursed seal yeah her dad has one but i don't know what that's about because i cut those notes off apparently ah let's see she I mean, co- she wears bandages to cover scars, but I don't know what they're from. I don't remember. I probably attributed them to her abusive father, honestly. Um, which, like, seems kind of excessive to be, like, bandage your whole arm. Because at that point, it's easier to just show your scars off. But whatever. Yeah. yeah. These designs don't have to make sense. I was in fifth grade. Yeah, no. No, it's okay. Sometimes you just gotta do things, and don't worry about why it's being designed like that. 
Exactly. Man, I still have no concept of how to draw, draw hands. Like, she has tiny little baby doll hands. I don't know if you can see that. They're very bad. <laughs> it's okay. Hand, hands are a mystery to me. I, uh, <laughs> I spend, um, real world context here. Um, the, one of my favorite podcasts is currently doing, um, some new episodes for one of their, for one of my favorite arcs of theirs. Uh, oh, this cool. arc is Sequinox, free promo. Um, it's, uh, the Sailor Moon RPG, what? Oh, it's the Sailor Moon one! Yeah, it's a Sailor Moon RPG that, uh, they do over at Cool Kids Table. And God bless them, um, they just spent some time in a world that was, uh, themed around the Wild West, and oh, so I had yes. to draw guns. I don't like drawing guns. And then I went to a couple worlds where there were cars, and I had to draw cars. <laughs> Oh my gosh. See, cars I can't do. Guns are okay. I actually did my like senior illustrator the- thesis on a like space cowgirl, so I had to draw like an old-timey pistol. My professor was like, "That's a lot of detail." And I was like, "Yeah, we had one of these in my house when I was growing up." <laughs> like, I didn't know you were an illustrator. I don't do it professionally because I didn't really put in the time to do it, but like graphic design wise i do a lot of stuff in illustrator and part of my final for that class was like having to illustrate a full piece and so space is a lot of what i do now (laughs) when i'm Mm -hmm. doing illustrator but in general i just am kind of a jack of all trades i do a little bit of everything so mostly graphic design (laughs) and video so yeah 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 they uh at my school we had we didn't have like specific majors for the different like disciplines so it was like oh like you got your major in graphic design but with an emphasis in illustration right which meant that like going out into the real world it's like i can do a lot of fine art illustration but i can't design uh, i can't i can't do book layout to save my life which is what's hiring right now right i send me some of those because straight up i'm like i would love to get into the layout design aspect of things (sighs) I did so much of that in college, and then I, of course, worked in the field as a web designer and a video producer for a while, and then now I'm, like, trying this freelance thing, and everything is ridiculous, because everybody's like, well, you've done a little bit of everything, and we're really looking for someone who's just focused on this one thing, and I'm like, I'm adaptable, hire me! (laughs) (laughs) Hashtag graphic designer problems. Oh my gosh. Just media fields in general, I'm like, everybody's looking for something so specific, and I'm like, just hire me and i swear it'll take me three weeks to learn whatever you want me to learn and then i'm good mm-hmm. yeah i know that struggle yeah you get it i do <laughs> <laughs> but this is not graphic design the podcast sorry sorry oh, that would be a really cool podcast <laughs> sorry what did you say i talked over you oh you're fine i do that all the time i said uh i don't actually remember so just let's move on tangent that's what i said we were talking about hands and how they're terrible to draw. Oh my gosh, I know. She has these little baby doll hands in my drawings. And then, like, in the one drawing, I covered up one of her hands with, like, this lightning storm she's conjuring. But then the other oh, one yeah. is, like, supposed to be supporting her weight. And I remember, like, putting my hand on the ground and being like, okay, so this is what the fingers look like. But then I couldn't draw with that hand. And so I, and, like, I'm an idiot. So I made it her right hand, which is my dominant hand. So then it was like, pose, pick up hand and draw, pose. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh thank god for cell phone cameras and front-facing cameras oh my gosh and the internet in general now because i can just be like pose reference and find whatever i need these days mm-hmm. oh, the fun fact um a couple of weeks ago i needed a very specific um pose holding a violin because now of course too much like of course, now in Lost Library and also in Sequinox, there are characters who use violins. So it's like, I need specific references. So I made myself a violin out of foam board at work. At so work. I can be like, oh my gosh. Well, I mean. No, that's amazing. We are, we are currently not as busy as, we're currently easing into the busy season at work. So I had the time to sit there and like build this but no it's like it's accurate to scale and everything because i have my my computer but it's like i just have a foam core violin now that's amazing that's a cool prop to have Mm -hmm. and i was like okay i can use that whenever i need a reference (laughs) how do where does the hand go i totally get that that's awesome 
what are some of your favorite things that you had uh, happen with Ray? So in general, I really like the detail that I had put in where like, it's not immediately apparent that I'm trying to pair her up with Naruto because a lot of my notes about her interactions with him are like, she puts up with his joking and like, she's equally as nice to Sasuke as she is to him and all this stuff. And it was like, I was trying to make it a mystery who she was going to end up with. And that's, that's the thing where I'm like, man, I was not subtle at all, but I was trying so hard. Um, Mm -hmm. So I really liked that about her for sure. And then also like, the whole long hair thing I have going on with her is just a thing that I can't stop doing with my characters ever because I like, I always had decently long hair, but playing a lot of sports, is just inconvenient at a certain point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so it's like, now I've been growing my hair out for like two and a half years and it's finally like mid back. And yeah. so I'm just like, I'm never going to have the long princess hair of my dreams. So I gave her that. Right? I was like, so even though she's a ninja and she's a total, like, man, I keep, I cannot come up with an alternative to the word badass and I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) My brain is like, there has to be one. There has to be one, right? But I can't think of one. Um, But she's, you know, she's awesome and she's a ninja and she's doing all this athletic stuff and she's fighting and she's, you know, killing people and not killing people because that's actually in her character description doesn't kill people. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, she's fighting and protecting her friends and doing whatever else. And she always wears her hair down, even though it goes all the way to her butt and it never hinders her. And that's like a yep. movie thing. Like if I could bring one thing from movies to real life, it would be that trait that women get to have where their hair is flawless no matter how long it is and no matter what they're doing Mm -hmm. man that would be amazing (laughs) yeah i'd like to bring the plot relevant flashback into real life oh that's awesome where it's just like oh yeah like oh i'm getting ready to do this big thing or i think i'm being i don't know or like someone is wanting me is wanting answers about this thing it's like oh no just like do like the harp like the harp chord like and everything gets and blurry like, yes and you just see it in your brain and then yes i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> that would be perfect i also want to bring the we went over the plan once we're never gonna go over it again we're gonna immediately cut to after the plan has been successful like that's what i yes. want to bring into real life <laughs> the gilligan cut exactly Uh, One of my professors in college was talking about if they go through the whole plan and they let you see them going through it, that means it goes how they're planning because otherwise they'll, they'll start the scene with like, okay, here's our plan, but then they'll show you what actually happens because it messes up. Mm -hmm. So. Oh yeah. I feel like they probably, the only example I can think of of that happening is National Treasure. Uh, Mission Impossible. Almost every movie it happens. Okay. For sure. I haven't seen an impossible, so. That's okay. I was not into them until my husband was like, hey, can we watch Ghost Protocol? Which was like two, three movies ago now. And I was like, sure, whatever. I'm not really into the spy genre, but it'll be fun. And then we watched (laughs) it and I was like, this was the most amazing thing. And who knew that Tom Cruise could do comedy and it's great. Mm -hmm. So, and then we went and saw the last one in theaters. So it was good. Oh, nice. That's how I feel about Nicolas Cage with the only yes. movie where he can do comedy in is Moonstruck. Yes. Because you know he's playing it as earnestly as possible in National Treasure. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so uh, has Ray made it into anything else that you've done? Um. So she actually... So my first D&D character was named Martha... And she was a stormborn sorceress. And Ray had a lot of like wind and lightning powers. And so that aspect of it definitely carried over. Um, and then Martha also had like, was an orphan and a bad like family situation. And the abusive person wasn't her dad. It was her grandfather in that one. But it was like a lot of those elements carried over without me realizing that I was carrying them over from Ray. Um, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of parts of her backstory that have manifested in other characters that I've played or other, uh, stories that I've helped tell because she had a lot of interesting things about her and she's by far the, the most detailed character I ever created from that time in my life. And it's a shame to not use some of that again. So some of it definitely, definitely got put into other stuff, although I don't think it was ever intentional. 
Definitely. Recycle your characters. Oh, for sure. I have a, oh my gosh, I have a novel that I wrote in seventh grade and I'm like dreading cracking it open, but I'm like, I could probably pull some stuff from that. <laughs> don't, don't raise your eyebrows at me, Christina. <laughs> I cannot look at it again. I feel like it was probably horribly offensive because it was like my attempt at writing about people of color as not a person of color as a seventh grader and like it was a fantasy setting but they were definitely all people of color and so i'm like i don't think i can do this i don't think i can look at this again that's okay (laughs) sometimes wisdom is knowing when to put the oc back in the drawer oh yeah they can't all be winners no that's why it's the good the bad and the self-inserts true facts (laughs) Oh my gosh. Man, she Ray was definitely lost to the void, though, like with Quizilla's revamps and stuff. I've never been able to find it again. And I think that that's probably a good thing. Because I also was doing the weird thing where I was writing in, like, second person. So it was, like, you, like, addressing the reader because that – it was interactive fan fiction. And so it was, like, mm-hmm. not um, – probably, probably not my best work, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I've ever tried to write something in second person. I think the closest I came was a project I did in one of my creative writing classes where I was like, I remember that it was called the magic quill and it was about like, no, it was like a quill. It was, it was like a quill where like whatever you wrote uh, came to life and that the person who found it was this just like absolute nobody of a white guy like he had no personality (laughs) and he just like and he wasn't creative but then he created a character who was who became fully developed and maybe sentient at some point and so i don't remember if i was trying to do like second person or not with that thing have you ever seen the movie ruby sparks i have not Check it out, because your okay. plot sounds similar to that movie. Okay. It was I have, interesting. Uh, it was an interesting watch. Okay. Okay, interesting sounds promising. <laughs> I can't say it's the type of movie that I would watch, like, over and over again, but the themes were very interesting, and I liked the ultimate message and outcome of it, so. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that vague recommendation. <laughs> I try not to give things away. I hate being spoiled for stuff. And I have accidentally spoiled people so many times because I get so enthusiastic about like fan stuff that mm-hmm. I really try to be super vague anymore when I'm recommending things. Yeah. Like, I'll, I'll reference it as being like, it's similar to this aesthetically. And that's mm-hmm. all I tell people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which I guess, spoiler alert, Naruto makes it through the Chunin trials. If you haven't watched that already, I don't know what's going on. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it. I feel like trying to do Naruto spoilers is like on the same level of trying to keep like the fact that Harry Potter is a wizard who goes to wizard school. Like, I feel like it's trying to keep that much secret. Like it's, if they're still like, if you're whether they're still making Nart that they were still making Naruto episodes and now they're on his son, you know, he has to have survived in at least some aspect. True fact. The conclusion of his series. Plus, I mean, as far as cultural osmosis goes, I think that that's definitely the anime that has come the closest to seeping into the mainstream as far as Western culture is concerned. Yeah, I mean, in between, in between, like Michael B. Jordan and the Naruto run. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm. I mean, my gauge is always: has my mom heard of it without me being the one to tell her? <laughs> and oh, she yeah. knows what Naruto is. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I. Uh, <laughs> I. God bless my parents. I still have to sometimes like tell them like, okay, no, like this is like, no, like yes, this is a Pokemon thing. <laughs> <laughs> or like me trying to explain oh yeah like i'm making art for this which is one of my favorite podcasts yeah um, when i was home over labor day weekend and my mom was like we just didn't have those when i was younger i'm sorry that i don't understand it it's like <laughs> oh that's you're so trying sweet, mom I, I appreciate that <laughs> my mom's always like how is your D blog going i'm like it's i mean it's good oh. mom it's fun i enjoy it we're we're working on stuff like <laughs> <laughs> 
parents. I know. Parents are good. Well, and then she's always like, I just don't understand. It's just like sitting at a table playing pretend. And I'm like, you made me like this. We had a dress up box from before I was born. You and dad had amazing Halloween costumes and did so much random stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, if anyone asks me like why I'm into Dungeons and Dragons slash tabletop gaming in general slash podcasting in in general, it's because it's collaborative fiction and collaborative storytelling and exactly. the fact that like i'm not gonna say that this is the I'm not, this is not an like this is not an ultimatum or not an ultimatum but this is not like a hundred percent true like statement like in in a lot of cases collaborative fiction where you're working together with like more than one person to build things is so much better and more interesting and more fun to be to be a consumer of than one person sitting alone in their room writing out like writing out a novel exactly and like there are lots of books that i love but there's something to be said for the randomness that comes with working with other people and like having oh yeah more people at the table and having those different opinions and those different experiences brought in it's like that much less that you have to struggle through yourself in revisions because like Having knowing what it's like to write by myself and having to revise by myself, there comes a point where I'm just like, I literally cannot think of something else that would happen. But if I talk to my Mm -hmm. husband or I talk to one of my friends and I say that they're like, well, why don't you just do this with the character? And I'm like, oh, my God, that's that's duh. Of course, you know, but D&D is like that Mm -hmm. all the time. And that's why I love it. So. Oh, yeah. And then sometimes you just kind of like turn into a triceratops or whatever. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's always something going on. Mm-hmm. Ain't that the truth? <laughs> well, we got uh, we got a uh, pretty far <laughs> off topic again. So, it's the theme um, of this episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's called it's called we're both hungry, and so we're maybe not the most uh, mentally present, but we're still here saying good words out of our mouths and having a good time so which i argue is almost as important i hope so i i mean i'm enjoying the conversation so hopefully some people who listen will enjoy the conversation good they should (laughs) um do you have any closing thoughts on ray before i ask the final question um mostly i would just say i uncovered her again when i was cleaning stuff out of my parents house because i was moving in with my husband and my mom was like get all your stuff out of your room. So, you know, it's not your room anymore. Uh, So I was cleaning out all my stuff and I had like a bunch of folders, just like of papers and papers. And my mom's like, well, just throw all those away. And I was like, no, I gotta see what's in them. And so I start going through them. And of course I'm like, pull out these three sheets in a row with my drawings of Ray and my, all my notes about her. And then I actually found a couple of the like original starter posts for some of the girls. I just didn't find them for everybody. And, um, and I found my first role-playing game sheet, which was a homebrew system that wasn't D and D and it was very weird, but I, uh, uncovering her again after all that time and like not having thought about it. And at that point in my life, I was in this spot where D&D was like the only creative thing I was doing. I wasn't doing a lot of my own writing. I wasn't doing a lot of my own like illustrating and design and stuff. And pulling that out again was definitely a situation where I was like, man, it feels good to make stuff. It feels good to create characters and things like that. And so I, you know, Thank you, Ray, for reminding me that it feels good to create things because you might have been a garbage fire, but <laughs> hopefully the stuff I'm working on now is not. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the final question is then, uh, why do you love Ray so much? I love her because she was an exploration for me of, of genre fiction that was representative of me. And... Mm-hmm. And between her and my Lord of the Rings stuff and my Harry Potter stuff, I really was able to get in this mindset of genre fiction is for ladies too. And it really didn't feel like that up to that point. Even though I love science fiction, I love fantasy. So much of it is here's a male protagonist. Or if it's not a male protagonist, it's a male dominated story. And ultimately the woman doesn't matter. And, Mm -hmm. or if the woman does matter, it's a bit part. And she has one or two defining characteristics and she doesn't change and she doesn't grow. And, so for, for me, Ray was like the first exploration of a character 
a strong female character in genre fiction that I put down on paper that I didn't just keep to myself and, and say, this is just for me in my head. I can't share this with anyone. She was the first one where I was like, yeah, I'm going to put this online. Yeah. I think that other people should see this. Yeah. I think that this Mm -hmm. is important in genre fiction, fiction in general too. So yeah. Very well said. Thank you. I try to be articulate even when I'm hungry. So uh, thank you so much, Audrey, for being on the show. I very much so enjoyed having you here. Thank you so much for having me. I love the show, and I'm glad we were finally able to talk. Mm-hmm. After God knows how many months it's been. <laughs> Busy people. I get it. It's fine. <laughs> That's on me. Um, uh, so where uh, do you have anything that you want to promote? Um, where you can be found on the internet if you want to be found? I know you mentioned uh, before we started recording that you have a couple of podcasts. Yes, I am one of the hosts of the podcast Dear Dungeon, which is an advice podcast about D&D and other tabletop games. We get a little bit silly, but mostly we try to give good advice. Um, I'm a player in a podcast called Roll Me a Story, where we randomly rolled all the aspects of our character sheet, and then we're playing a game with it. So that's that's a fun one, too. It's been full of surprises. I am mm-hmm. on Tumblr and Twitter as Lady Tabletop, and both of those podcasts I just mentioned can be found on whatever podcast app you listen on, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or... Um, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, we're on all of them. Oh, nice. Yeah. The Home for Wayward OCs can be found on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Our theme song is Violet by Pottington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCPod or through the WaywardOCPod hashtag. You can also email us at waywardocpod at gmail.com. We are always looking for guests to talk about their original characters, uh, especially because I'm going to be getting into the busy busy season at work coming up, and it'd be really nice to have a good buffer of guests who are interested in being on the show, so drop us a line if you're interested. And uh, since we are uh, on all those platforms, it is always very helpful if you can rate and review us on your listening platform of choice, especially if it's Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, um, because it helps us find more guests and brighten more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been the Home for Wayward OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. I said cheese and I immediately like had this momentary lapse where my brain was like, you have queso in the fridge, go eat it. So. <laughs>